we spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. Welcome to RCS. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And <laughs> as a... you can tell, we are in different places. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm still living it up in Moab. I've been doing nothing but driving around off-road and hiking all week. It's been great. Yeah, I, I, the the videos you've been posting have been incredible. I mean, thank God you brought that whole camera crew with you to be able to you know, video <laughs> you as you're driving your truck through mud holes and things like that. Yes, I've had the uh, the GoPro attached to the front bumper with that. Uh, we talked about it in our off-road episode. Uh, speaking of which, thank you to everyone who wrote back with that. We got a lot of traction on that episode. Uh, I had people write us and said they enjoyed the, the longer episode, too, which was surprised me because we went an hour and 25 minutes on the episode, and people liked it. So thanks. Well, when we're talking toys, it's easier to do. Is that, is that, is, was that an off-road joke? It was got a lot of traction? Oh, it is now. It is now, yeah, right? Nice. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're living it up. Happy birthday, by the way. I know it was uh, just, it was, well, two days ago, I guess now, but uh, hope you enjoyed your, your day. Yes, thank you. It was, uh, it was wonderful. I did uh, a little over 100 miles on the Schaefer Trail. Um, I did Long Canyon Road and a few other drives and just like grilled hot dogs on the tailgate of the truck came home and made steak for dinner it was a good birthday so it's a man that's a manly american birthday good job <laughs> it was yeah uh let's bring right. up our sponsors real quick before we go on we've got a lot to talk about but uh we're brought to you by avance Haggerty, carter subaru driver's club which we miss uh although it's raining like hell at home um salvo design of course uh, i've got the other half of salvo design here with me uh, Grios Garage, special thanks to them on this trip because I've been going through their products like water, um, RCS10 for 10% off there, and York Real Estate. Uh, text 59559 to Ray York if you need somebody who's good at real estate and looking. you're looking for any home, but specifically if you're a gearhead, he's your guy. And we'll talk about that on our next episode. He's got some good houses for us. Yeah, and I noticed that it uh, looks like Grios is getting ready to head to SEMA. They just posted something today. They're going to be launching a bunch of new products. Can't wait to see what what they'll be coming up with next. Yeah. I, uh, I've been, so I've been using, do you see their ceramic, uh, glass cleaner? I don't have with me. I wish I had, cause I've been going through their ceramic spray, but I have their, um, their spray on car wash. The, yeah, it's, yeah, just the, just the basic, it's called spray on car, car wash. I think it is. And so I don't use it as a replacement for a car wash, just to be clear for everybody freaking out right now. I go wash the car or the truck in, in town. I go use the, the standard like sprayer cause it's the only place you can wash your car in town right now. There's two car washes here and I go, so I spray it off and I, I brought my own wash bucket and everything else. So I'm doing that. And then when I'm done, after the car's done, I actually go over it again with that. And I, uh, oh. I was, there's so much dirt here. You'll see the pictures. Like my truck is covered in red dirt underneath, but I've been spraying that spray on car wash. And I was spraying it the other day, a lot of it. And the guy next to me goes, what is that? That smells amazing. I was like, it doesn't taste as good as it smells. Trust me. <laughs> you smell pretty. Yeah. Oh my God. Like everybody who like, you can smell it on the truck. I walked outside last night and it was because it's perfectly crystal clear and sunny here, by the way. And I could just smell it like 
permeating the air. It's so nice. Uh, it, it, the stuff, I mean, it does smell good enough to eat sometimes. Don't do it. Uh, you know, yeah. stern warning, not that any of us have, but yeah. Uh, but it uh, it works good stuff. I haven't had a chance to really get out and detail in my cars. I've been, you know, but uh, especially with it raining sideways right now and flood warnings are here. So I think you're, you're, it's a good place to be in Moab for, for right now, sir. Yeah. Um, I heard you guys are, it's crazy because there's not a cloud in the sky here. And uh, <laughs> if you go out at night um, to Arches or Canyonlands, either park is open at night, by the way. Um, I'll get into that in a second. I'm starting the tip of the week. Um you can you can look at the stars and you can crystal clear see the Milky Way, the galaxies, everything. The stars, unless you've been to like Haleakala or out in Maui or you've been out to the star tours around Arizona, like it's pretty nuts. Like you don't really know what the sky looks like. And I'm in, you know, I'm up in Snoqualmie. We don't get a ton of light pollution, or at least you don't think you do. And then you get out somewhere like here where the nearest town is probably 70 miles as the crow flies. It's oh, okay. no, no light pollution. And Moab is dim at night. It's not a bright city. There's no there's no towers here. I think the tallest building in town is probably a six story hotel at best. And so, it's it's awesome here. I freaking love it. You just drive out at night. It's just beautiful. So anyway. Well, I mean, I I, I can't wait to get there sometime. Hopefully someday we'll be able to make another trip down there. <clears throat> yeah, you need to. This is perfect Subaru territory, by the way. Like every trail here that's easy really? or medium. Oh yeah. Okay. Like that's that's the beauty of Moab is like I think people look at it and yeah, there's rock crawlers everywhere. I mean, it, 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 you drive downtown. I drove by a triple trailer today. Triple being towed by it was being towed by a dually F450 uh, Ford, brand new one, brand new Ford. Had three custom crawlers on the back. Probably, I mean, it's funny because supercars are cool everywhere else. Here, nobody gives a crap. And there's like three hundred plus thousand dollar crawlers on the back of this thing being towed into Moab for people to come drive. Like, it's nuts. So there's Broncos everywhere, by the way. Broncos are everywhere. Uh, yeah. uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the videos I'm seeing, uh, there's a Broncos everywhere, but they seem to be breaking. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Uh, yeah, that's Window seals leaking. Do you see that one? Where they, <laughs> the, the, yes. <laughs> yeah, the water just, I've, like, pouring on the top. I've seen window seals. I've seen transmissions. We obviously saw the, you know, the, the, the engine replacement. I mean... Yeah. Not looking good. So hey, a yeah. first year maybe, maybe Ford that is, whole tip of yeah. Yeah, a first year Ford is the third year in minimum for me. Um, yeah, sorry, but it's true. <laughs> well, I mean, for as long as it's, they've taken try to get this to market, it doesn't surprise me. But it doesn't also surprise me that all these people are getting these these, these new Broncos and heading straight to Moab or getting them out there on the trail. So that's cool too. Well, if you're, if that's the thing. It's like, you know, Raptor Assault is out here in Utah and Bronco Rodeo, which is the, the equivalent of Raptor Assault, which is the driving school. If you get a new Bronco, you get a thing in the middle. It's like, hey, you can sign up for this driving school and learn how to you drive your Bronco off-road or they have Broncos here. That is right up the road from Moab, like right up the road, like 10 miles out of town at best. It has mm-hmm. a beautiful, like, yeah. cab, this beautiful cabins, this beautiful ranch where they're at. It's an awesome setup they have. And there's a great trail system right outside there that goes like almost everything here with the exception of the like the really technical stuff like poison spider and a few others have have drive arounds like you could do hell's revenge in your subaru seriously I'm not kidding mm-hmm. you can do it um and yeah. there's because there's ways around everything which is great um but yeah there's broncos everywhere because the bronco rodeo is here uh okay. so, yeah interesting it's fun, seen, it's fun to watch them on the road yeah i mean i'm sure i saw i saw a couple in austin but uh 
nothing, uh, you know, people look like they had, nothing they had plates yet. So people are just getting a hold of them. And, you know, everybody's got the Sasquatch package, which I don't blame them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell me more about Austin and F1. You saw 21 Pilots and Billy Joel. And- so first of all, uh, 21 Pilots is awesome. Absolutely uh, blew me away. One of the best shows I've ever seen. Uh, wow. Unfortunately, Billy Joel was not that good. Um, oh. You know, it. I just, I mean, it, I love Billy Joel and I love all the Billy Joel songs, but, you know, and he did play the hits, but it was tough. But, you know, the main reason we went there, we, you know, uh, my beautiful girl, girlfriend Sarah got me three-day passes uh, for, for F1. Um, we got down there on, what, let's see, like Thursday evening, and we went to practice on Friday, uh, qualifying Saturday, and the race Sunday. I have never been to an event like this, Dan. We've been to a lot of automotive events. And, in fact, I think the numbers are a little bit jambled, but I think it was close to 400,000 people throughout the whole weekend. They set a new record for I, – I don't. They, they said they set a new sports record, but I don't know if it was for F1 or what, but it was insane. Texas embraced these guys um, – and it was it was so much fun to actually get up close. It's so such a different feeling to be close to those cars. Um, you know, F1. What what people don't understand is everybody goes, well, why you go sit around the track and watch it? But that there were so many experiences. There were you know you could learn how to be a pit car. You could see the cars. You could go up and and see the new car for you know for next year. There's there were so many things to do with this. I mean that that Coda is an amazing amazing space. The only problem is they have not, after nine years, figured out how to get people out of Coda. Uh, it took us <laughs> three and a half hours the last night to get home. Let, let, maybe two, we went two and a half miles in three and a half hours, but um, incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, I'm already thinking about going next year. Obviously, you know, the first race of next year will be in Miami, which I, my personal opinion and Sarah's opinion, I think I'm going to let them do Miami and see if they can figure that out first. And then, uh, after seeing kind of, you know, but, uh, Texas was so welcoming. Um, it, it was, it was warm and, but it was a lot of fun. I, I have, I can't stop grinning. So. Awesome. I, yeah, I, yeah. I love Texas in general. I mean, if you've been there, you understand why it's just a great place to be. I understand why Bill will moved there in spite of the, the problems Texas has. It is a great place to be great people. It's kind yeah, of a weird thing. With travel. People, nice people. Yeah. It's like traveling around when in these areas, like Moab especially, that's the one thing um, I'm with Sean and a friend and uh, Tiffany. And um, that's the one thing we keep saying is like, people here are so nice. Like really, really nice. And you forget that when you're in the Northwest because it's not that normal. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, and that's the thing is I think some of these states that are a little bit more lax right now, people are starting to be more social. And uh, unfortunately, that's not happening in Washington. Um, but, uh, hopefully it will happen soon, but yeah, it, it's, it's weird to be around that many people and, you know, people are friendly. I mean, and that's another thing about F1 is I have, I met and talked to people from around the world. I mean, we were laughing mm-hmm. that I think there was like 15 to 20 Gulf streams sitting at the airport of everybody. But I mean, pe- there was a ton of people that came up from Mexico, a ton of people that, that came down from Canada, a ton of people that came over from Europe. So it was a, it was a really cool, you know, melting pot. Um, you know, uh, it, um, they were, you know, they, 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 they asked everybody to be, you know, to social distance and do your best, but it's tough, you know, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. There's so many great places. Uh, I didn't have as good a seat as our good friend, Carl Noakes, who was up in the tower and having all kinds of good photos if you've seen his Facebook, but, um, absolutely incredible to see these cars they sound different they look different um it was such a fun thing to see 
you know, what, what, and I will say this, I'm a big Verstappen fan. He won, obviously, but that was yeah. a strategic move by the, by the team. That was strictly uh, strategery. That was strictly strategery. <laughs> uh, so um, it was cool to see that. Like, these drivers are incredible. And, I mean, they absolutely are incredible. And they, they live on the edge, as we know. But it was so fun to sit there and watch. And it's like, you know, and, and the thing about it is, is you do 56 laps. I mean, and they're coming by every minute. They really are on the dot. It's, you know, and you, and you never know who's going to come around the corner. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, and the sound, I bet. I mean, hard to beat that. It's a, it's so, it sounds so much different, Dan, in person. Like from what, I mean, like we, one of the, the two things we kept saying, one, the Red Bull is a totally different color on in front of you because it looks different on TV. The sound of those cars is so different. I mean, and I know it's going to be changing even more, but it's, it, it's, it's loud, but it's also very, I mean, it's, it's, it's music. You know, so uh-huh. if, you, if anybody has followed F1 enough, you know, they, you know, that some, the, the Red Bull used to do it. They could make their cars sing and do songs and stuff like that. But with these, you know, yeah. these, are, these engines are just incredible. So, yeah. So, so what do you uh, think? You know. uh, where does Coda place on the, or, or F1 fall on your, on everybody's bucket list? Like we always say Monterey should be on everybody's bucket list. Where does this land? Oh, I think, I mean, and I would say this is a little bit above Monterey. Um, I think, uh, and, and I'm not saying that just because I think Monterey is changing. I think this is something that you should experience. Um, you know, you don't have to go. Uh, I will say this. If you're thinking about it, the, you know, sign up for updates. And the minute you get you get an update for, like, the three-day passes, get them. Because they're ch- a lot, m- lot cheaper, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, it was, I think, you know, uh, if you wanted to get them near the event, which was tough to get, it was, it was, it was, six or 700 bucks, but I think we paid like 250, but it's, you know, you have full access, you know, for general mission, you can walk around the track. I, I mean, I think we did close to 20,000 steps one day, um, just walking around the, the track, <laughs> but um, it's, I mean, it's fun. There's not, there's really not a bad place to sit. Uh, I, I will say this, that, that the bleachers at top, the top of one are really fun to watch. Um, Cause it's, you know, that you coming down the straightway and they've got to all cut in there. In fact, that's where a lot of the, the, the things that made the race exciting happened, especially at the start and things like that. If you saw it, um, you know, uh, seeing a picture of Shaq standing next to any F1 driver still makes him look huge. Uh, DJ Diesel or whatever his name is. So um, that was fun, but uh, it was an incredible experience. I really think it's it, everybody's friendly. Everybody's nice. Um, you know, you, you go to sit down on the grass and if you sit in front of somebody, nobody's going, Hey, don't block my view. There's conversations. Everybody's talking about their favorite drivers. There's no, you know, I mean, there's fun rivalries, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a really good, fun sport and it tons of families. That was really cool to see too. Yeah. I, I've seen that here a lot too. Like when we went off-roading, we're in the middle. So that's the funny thing about Moab is a, the off-roading capital of the world, literally not, not the, not the country, not the state, the world. Off, Moab is like, I've talked to people from all over the world who have gone here and, and like, I rented a, like you can go downtown in Moab and rent a Jeep on 37s that's fully outfitted to do just about every trail in Moab. Literally. Like if you want to like, I want to go do poison spider and do a rock and, and grab a rock crawler, like on the hard stuff. They're like, yeah, you can do that. You can rent that here. So you can get a side by side. That's not like your stock off the lot, $30,000 side by side, which is a lot. You can get one that's built to 50 grand with sliders, lights, everything you can think of. Like the industry here gets it. The people here get it. Um, do you have to prove that you can drive these things? Cause I feel like there's a lot of people, I would love to be given a Jeep like that, but I can't say even with my experience, I would be able to probably do, make it do what it needs to do without crashing it. 
Well, the more you, the nicer vehicle you get, the more expensive it gets. <laughs> like, ah, yes. There a lot okay, more expensive yeah. it gets. So it, it, think of it okay. like here, like if you're going to the Dart to rent a, a car, like the if you want to rent a nice Mercedes for the night, it's one price. If you want to rent an Aventador for the night, it's a very different price. Uh, and the options are very different as well. But if you just want to go explore Moab like crazy, you don't ha- you don't need anything special. I think there's a big misconception in off-roading in general is that you need every piece of armor, every slider under the sun. Now, Moab offers something for like you can take your, you know, your standard city SUV or your stock Subaru and you can drive around Moab for days and never see the same thing twice. And if you're like, you know what, I want to do that extreme stuff I'm seeing up on the hill, you can do that too. And you can, you know, you might spend, you know, 600 bucks for a day, but that's probably, you know, two months of payments on a brand new Rubicon. And you can get one that's already yeah. outfitted and ready to go that you don't have to spend another dime on because you're only here once. Like, think of it. How often are you going to go rock crawling in Moab? Like, you could come here twice a year and still be way better off than buying your own vehicle. Um, now, granted, that's not us. <laughs> But yeah. there's a lot of good options. I ran into this married couple, uh, this guy from Texas who flew in, and he was asking me for directions. I mean, and I, I'm like 50 miles from anybody <laughs> on the Schaefer Trail. He's like, how do I get back up to Canyonlands and back down? I was like, oh, yeah, this way. Uh, and luckily, I followed our own advice, and I did have all the maps downloaded on Onyx and Gaia and, like, Google Maps. I had every offline map plus the Garmin. <laughs> so I had, like, everything you could think of. I was never lost. Not once. Um, That's good. Yeah, no, it was awesome out here. Uh, and surprisingly, a lot of cell service, just because you're so you're so high up on peaks and valleys and the towers go so far because you're so remote. They're like, you just like, oh, just climb that ridge. There you go. Cell service, 4G, good to go. Um, so you're saying in the middle of in the middle of Moab is better cell service than your house? That is true. A hundred percent true. I have great <laughs> 5G in downtown Moab, but I can see the tower from downtown. <laughs> So Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, was say, you know, you talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. you talk about all these trails and I mean, they're names that I've heard throughout my life of, of, of working and stuff like that. But I mean, and some of them sound absolutely scary and things like that. I mean, and obviously there are people that will take you out there, but you really feel that, that the, the common person in their Subaru or their, their Jeep that they built in their house could come down there and just sort of wander out into the desert and be pretty good about staying on the trail and, and getting back. Hundred percent, and that's just it. You could have no experience come to Moab and figure it out, and that's that's the main thing here. That's why Moab works so well. Is you don't need to be an experienced off-roader to love the off-road experience in Moab. They have clearly marked trails. If you get the trail guides, which are available basically everywhere, but also on Amazon, there's a really clear Moab trail guide. And National Geographic, of all people, has off-road trail maps here. You can buy them on Amazon or whatever. But you can get like maps for all of Moab that are really, really updated, like anywhere it's really easy like a um, real and, map yeah uh, like like there's, a, there's, put it out on your hood map cool yeah there are <laughs> yeah i have them and there are street signs on these roads that are 100 miles from anybody and you're like which way do i go like there's a street sign right there that'll tell you like there's corner signs on some of them that are like hey blind corner ahead you're like i am 60 miles from the nearest anything and there's a sign it says blind corner slow down <laughs> it's like the wow. Uh, I forget what the, the name of it is. The, there's a, uh, I posted it the other day. It's, they don't call it the DNR here. It's not the Department of Natural Resources. It's the Bureau of Land Management. But the Utah Bureau of Land Management should like teach a class to every other gov- like government organization on how to maintain uh, national park property and how to manage land. 
because this is the most impressively laid out. It, it has its flaws. Like people run into signs and there's crappy people that'll shoot things, they shoot signs and things like that. But for the most part, like, so I'm go- I posted the video the other day. I'm driving up this road and I wanted to do this road. I'm thinking this, this is going to, I'm thinking this road's going to be rough because it's in the middle of nowhere. And this is the back way in the Colorado National Monument from Moab. So you go up this highway about 20 miles, take a right, cross a river, which is in the directions from the BLM. Yes, cross the river. <laughs> like, this is a good start. So I'm going out there. I get out there. I air down. I'm expecting a long run. I'm expecting like, okay, rough road ahead. Got to cross the river. This is going to be a fun challenge. But I look out there. I'm like, okay, people are crossing it. Like, I know I can make it just fine in the Raptor. And it was like up to the running boards. No big deal at all. I get out there. I run into a road grader who was like dragging heavy chains and a skid steer. I took that road like Baja mode all the way to Grand <laughs> Colorado. There was like the most, cool. that road was smoother than most highways. So, wow. Did you, have you, have you run into anything that maybe you didn't want to take the Raptor on or you, you got in oh, on yeah. your head or, or just, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. There are definitely, uh, it, it's mostly the, it's the tail every single time on that truck. It's not a matter of like, that thing has traction like a billy goat. It's awesome. And I ran into some of those too. Lots of bighorn sheep, lots of mountain goats. Didn't hit them, but saw them a lot of them. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's but, better not to hit the wildlife. I've learned that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the approach and the approach angle is great. The departure angle is terrible. We've talked about that on trucks before. Like there's, a, I've seen a few Raptors out here with dovetails, uh, Mazel Tov, by the way. Uh, there's a guy I ran oh. into in town. His boss, his license plate said Mazel Tov. <laughs> Blue oh, Raptor okay. lifted all the right mods, dovetail cut. Like this dude was ready. And he's from Florida. He's driving here from Florida. <laughs> and, uh, that's the way to do it. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, he really built Raptor. He's like, no, I just wanted a vacation, so I came from Florida. I was like, all right. But, I mean, I have that rear skid plate on the bumper. Came in handy, scraped it a few times, uh, but that's it. Like, every other trail, I mean, there are trails that the truck clearly will not do. Anything that's a rock crawler trail, it's not a rock crawler. It's not going to do it. But anything easy, medium, the Raptor can make it through with some good spotting and some careful navigation. And uh, some sliders definitely would have helped. There was a, That was probably the biggest thing that stopped me from going into a lot of places is the sliders weren't there. And I knew I was going to bottom out the, uh, the the running boards, which I did once barely, but it didn't do any damage. So, so I, I mean, being down there, I know you've come up with a really good uh, Carter Subaru tip of the week. Yes. And uh, so... It sort of goes without saying, but you would be surprised how far local information goes and how willing people are to help. Um, everywhere I went here, so Carter Shippers of the Week, let's make it official, is that when you go to a place like Moab or you go to a place like Telluride, Colorado, or you go, or any other off-roading mecca of a place to go to, people, there's a different mindset here. And that is that people don't want to see you get in trouble, but it's not because they're just genuinely awesome, nice people. Most of them are, don't get me wrong. They don't want you to break down and block a trail big time. And if you ask for help, you'll get it. Start with the Bureau of Land Management. Any place that has an off-road area has a Bureau of Land Management or a Department of Natural Resources or a ranger station, all three of which talk to each other every single day. You can go to any area out here talk to a ranger, literally flag one down, or there's a place in town you can go to, go to the tourism board, show them what you've got, tell them what you want to do, and they will actually come out and tell you. They will look at your vehicle and be like, oh yeah, you can do this, this, and this. You shouldn't do this. If you have a spotter, you can do this. Like everybody wants to see you have a good time. This is a tourist area. Tourist areas want your money. End of the day, 
you get in trouble, you have a bad time, you won't come back, people won't come back. They want you to be there. Um, so yes, people are genuinely nice about it, but if you come in with a good attitude and you come and talk to these locals ahead of time, you can show them the trail book, show them what you're thinking about doing, show them the vehicle you have, and they'll be like, yep, you'll be fine, no problem. They'll ask you your experience level. One of the things I didn't realize when I came out here is that the Schaefer Trail or White Rim Trail, the Schaefer Trail is part of the White Rim Trail, for anybody already knows, and it's the main trail that runs around Canyonlands National Park. It's 100 miles long, beautiful, beautiful drive, and it's not light duty. It's rated as a medium trail, and it has a hard section with not a go-around. When I went out there, they said, yeah, you'll be fine. You might drag your tail into stuff. They looked at the skid plate. No big deal. You're good to go. That said, um, I needed a permit. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, no problem. Six dollars. Woohoo. And that's uh, mm-hmm. the main reason and the main reason for the permit is because they want to keep track of who's going in and out in case you break down. And so uh, if you're looking if you're looking at a long drive uh, around these areas, look online for recreation.gov and go look for a permit for your area. Now hikers are really familiar with these because you need a permit to hike in a lot of places or camp in a lot of places, but you also need them for off-road driving long distances in many places across the US. I didn't realize this because I've always done short drives for off-road, it's a lot of street drives, but never anything that was really long before. And I had to list my vehicle, the color, how many passengers I had, emergency contact, what gear I had on board, uh, what recovery gear I had. They wanted to know everything about what I had so that they knew how self-sufficient I was gonna be and if I was gonna need rescue, what I had on board. Am I gonna starve to death? And so I was like, no, we have plenty of water, we have plenty of food. I have my vehicles outfitted and lifted for this. And it's like, I came to places and they're like, high clearance required for this section. They were right. They weren't joking. Like, it, it's really <laughs> honest here. They weren't like dumbing it down for the people who were, uh, you know, like they say hard section, you go to some place and you're like, that wasn't hard at all. And I was, you know, you could make this up in a, you know, a, you know, some Toyota Corolla or something. No, like hard is hard here. Medium is medium and easy is easy. <laughs> so... Okay. <laughs> so that said, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if you come up to one of these trails and it needs a permit, there's going to be something that says you need to go get a permit, right? They're, they're, yep. they're, I mean, if they're well marked enough that that there's road signs 60 miles away from nothing, that they they're going to let you know. Yeah, not only were there road signs 60 miles away, there was bathrooms and like maps, and like emergency contact numbers, and here's where the nearest phone is, here's where the ranger station is. Yeah, they're really detailed out here. It's hard to get lost. Like you can get lost for a little while, but you're not going to get so lost that you're like, I have no idea where I am, and I'm, you know, don't, I need to call for help somehow. It was never that situation. So, so uh, ex- with this permit, obviously you fill out the permit and you go out for the day. When you come back, do you check back in so that they know you're back? Nope. Nope. No. Okay. Okay. It's just uh, who's uh, out here. You tell them how long you're going to be out there. So yeah, and I, I I've seen yeah. so many helicopters flying overhead that if you were broken down, you could probably just wave somebody down literally via helicopter. So that's nice. Sure. Fly yourself out. Yeah, that would yeah. a helicopter would have been nice to get in out of Coda either too. By the way, yeah. So, right. <laughs> I oh, mean, it sounds absolutely incredible. Yeah. You know what would have been the perfect vehicle for here? The, the Honda Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that 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 may happen. I mean, it's. Uh, I think that would be fun. I think it'd be fun to take the monkeys out there. Oh my god, it would be so fun out here. Like there, I saw so I many already, out here. I can see the shirts already. Moab monkeys, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trademark uh, Rain City Supercars. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, just the distance you can travel off road here is insane. Like I literally drove to Colorado and I didn't actually have to take the highway to even join the connector. I could have gone straight over the LaSalle mountains. I just didn't that day. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, and, and how far out of town do you need to get before you can get off road? Five minutes. So not even that like i can so i'm in uh spanish valley which is just south of moab there's like a little it's not a, it's not a different city it's still like it's just the area is known to spanish valley and literally a half mile down the road i take a left and i'm into uh, a really difficult uh moab rim trail there's, it has multiple sections but it has one of the more difficult trails half mile down the road that's a weird thing about moab people don't get like you either there's no dead ends really you just either come to a mountain bike trail a motorcycle trail a side-by-side trail or an all of the above trail <laughs> and or you know like it's, it's so weird like you'll just see headlights at night sometimes like way off in the distance of people off-roading at night because there's a lot of that out here so we'll go up to see the stars um sure it's well and what what amazing. is the one that's i think it's a little north of, of moab is, is it the arches trail or something like that that everybody does uh, for hiking, uh, Arches National Arches National Park is just outside Moab, just before Canyonlands. Okay. Arches and Canyonlands are neighboring parks. But actually, the first time I drove into Arches this trip, I did it entirely off road. The same first time oh. I drove into Canyonlands, I did it entirely off road. You don't actually have to go the park road in. There's, uh, I want to say, three different ways into Arches via off road, and two different ways into Canyonlands. No, three different ways. If I I could be wrong, where Canyonlands. I'm thinking of Arches Scenic Drive. That's what it is. Everybody goes up, drives up there, I think. But yeah. Oh yeah, um, Arches, wow. Arches Scenic Drive is all paved. And actually, I posted a video. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Just now, today, like uh, of the entire drive, I time lapsed, uh, hyperlapsed the entire drive through Arches because it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. So. Nice. I mean, yeah, it's just I'm I'm of course on Google Maps, just looking around, just uh, trying to figure out where everything is, you know, to kind of get the idea, but. It looks incredible. Um, how's the food? Um, hmm. okay. One, no, 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 one downfall? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no. Uh, it's limited because you're in a small town. And I was actually going to talk about that as a tip for coming to Arches, which or to Moab, which, again, if you if you haven't figured this out by now, I'm telling you all that are listening to this, you need to come to Moab. Like, And I posted a – I made a post in Avance the other day. Like, even if you do no off-roading – this is the first time I've come to Moab in the 10 years I've been coming that I've done off-roading. Um, I, did, I did an extreme 4x4 tour the first time I was here, which 100% is worth it, by the way. If you're just like, don't want to rent, you want to get your feet wet, they will not disappoint you. Those guys will scare the living daylights out of you if you want them to. So you can have a real mild pleasure sightseeing, or you can be like, take me up Hell's Revenge and show me what this thing can do, and they'll do it. Those guys are awesome. That said, like, this is a driving nirvana out here. There are so many backcountry roads that are in perfect condition that you could just tear up in a sports car. There's so many times I was like, man, I miss the Porsche right now. <laughs> here. So like, again, you're like one of my favorite roads ever. I've said it is uh, from here to Bryce Canyon. It goes through a little town called Fruta. That's where I posted a picture a couple of times of a sign that says caution curves next 150 miles. That's right outside. Yeah. Here. That's an hour and a half drive okay. from Moab to Bryce. It's technically two and a half, but whatever. Hour and a half. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And, okay. All right. Yeah. So everybody listening, you, you need to come here. That said, <laughs> I want to get into the second part of this. Um, Moab is a summer. It's a 
spring through late fall tourist town. A lot of the businesses actually close starting November up until March. Um, it's cold here. Like at night, it dipped into the 20s several times. It was 80 yesterday during the day, and it was 31 at night. That's a 50-degree variance in the same day. Um, I went outside this morning. can be a, a mean mistress, yeah. Yeah, I went outside this morning, and because of the dust, I'd washed out the bed of the truck and stuff. Um, and the bed liner that I have in there was frozen. Oh. So, yeah, and the wind, windshield was iced over. Like, it's cold here, real cold here at night, and businesses really drop off during the winter. So before you come here, um, you can call the Department of Tourism and see what's open. My favorite place, Mug Garage Co. and Bird Donuts. They close in November. I think until March, Erin uh, can correct me on that. She listens. But uh, yeah, just keep that in mind. Uh, I've come here in the winter many times. It's one of my favorite times to come here. Uh, just don't have the same expectations. You have very limited food, you know, dirt cheap lodging, which is a first because everything in here in town is like 200 bucks a night because it's so so busy here. But in the winter, it drops to like 40, literally like 40, 50 bucks a night. You can get a cheap hotel and you're not going to stay in it. So who cares? Just get something clean. They're all clean. And just who cares? Um, yeah. But Canyonlands and arches are stunning in the winter. Like the most just snow-capped peaks. Like on one side of me, I've got hot <laughs> brick oven rock. The other, like 30 minutes out of town, I've got snow-covered mountains in the LaSalle mountain range. So yeah, pretty polarizing. So, I mean, we know kind of what your, your favorite thing. What I, I want to give this, and I don't know if your camera crew is with you, but what is what is what is Shauna's favorite thing about this so far? What was the coolest thing? Oh, it's the hiking. Uh, the, for the girls, it's hiking? been hiking. Okay. Yeah, and, and hiking okay. here is next level. I, I would say the best hiking that I've done in the U.S. is probably Zion at the end of the season. Uh, Angel's Landing is still, like, tough to beat as far as, like, probably the best hike I've done in the U.S. or even ever. It's really the best hike I've ever done. But – the amount of beauty you get for the short range of hiking. I think the longest hike I did is the one we did today, which is five miles, which is uh, Devil's Garden in Arches National Park. But Delicate Arch is the photos I posted this morning. And that's that's a hard hike because it's uphill almost the entire way. But it's short. It's like two and a half miles round trip. So you got to, you know, if you just take it really, really slow and take your time, even if you're not in that good of shape, it's a, it's absolutely worth the hike. It's not very technical. It's just long. It's just uphill. So, uh, but the hiking here, like this is another world and a totally different kind of beauty in the Northwest. So it's really fun if you're not from the area because you will never see anything like this. I don't think there's anywhere in the world that really looks like arches or Canyonlands. And as everybody who's been with me here has said, Canyonlands is way better than the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon sucks compared to Canyonlands. It's not as pretty. It's overcrowded. Like it's too far out and remote. Like Canyonlands is like an hour drive outside of Moab, and there's a there's places to eat and it's a it's accessible. Like you can just walk right out to the ledges here. There's no there's no guardrails. You fall off, you die. That's your own fault. I like that. <laughs> Dead Horse State Park is on the way. It's beautiful. But I mean, it's like, and not only it's like, oh, you look at the, you look down at the canyon, which is the Colorado River right below, because this is technically the very north end of the Grand Canyon. It's the Colorado River. But you're like, oh, I want to go check that out. Well, just go drive down there. You can do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. Wow. So it's so much more accessible than most places. And again, it, people are nice here. It's a great place to visit. So. But they, I mean, obviously the town shuts down, but they're not shutting down the trails in the winter, are they? 
Uh, some of them, yeah. It's just they get snow covered. Um, you can still okay. do Schaefer. You can still do a lot of them, um, but like the mountains will be closed. The the La- LaSalle Mountain is right behind us, and that like Geyser Pass or yeah, it's called Geyser Pass is one of the main roads over the top. That's already closed here. Um, they have winter okay. closures like everywhere else, but you can go through Canyonlands in winter. You can go through Arches in winter. You'll get some of the best photos you've ever had. The hikes will probably be too slick. Uh, remember, you're on almost all your hikes are not on trails like we have in the Northwest. It's all on rock. And so when that freezes over, you're just walking on ice. Uh, you'll need ice. Uh, you can use ice cleats and go in there. So there's not like a closure. Um, a lot of the parks are free during the winter, too, which is cool. Um, they're free at night, too. There's a lot. Of, another thing people don't realize is like they don't staff 24 hours a day. They do for rangers in the park, but not for the gate. Like you can just drive through if you get there early. I got in at Arches to do Delicate Arch at 6.30 this morning, or maybe 7, right before sunrise. And we just drove right in. I have a parks pass, of course, but yeah, yeah. just go on in. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. This sounds incredible. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm highly jealous of you, as usual. But, well, uh, it, it, here's uh, the thing. I want to challenge you with this, you and Sarah with this. This is a great one for you guys. Okay. Just go do it. We did this drive in yeah. one day. And I switched between Sean and I, just two drivers, back and forth. And it wasn't that hard. It was a long day, but we left at 4 a.m. She slept then took over, and I, I took a barely a little nap. And then we got here, and we crashed for the night. But then it's like, when you're in Moab, it's not like you have to go drive another hour to get to where we need to go. It's like, you drive like 10 minutes, you're in Arches. <laughs> I mean, sure. it's, not, it's not far. Sure. Like, anybody who's yeah. thinking about this, listen to this, and be like, looking for your sign to just get off your butt and go do this. Like you could like take just a couple of days off work, start on a Friday, come back on a Tuesday. You can do it and it'll still be worth it and blow your mind. Like it's, it's a hard day's drive, wow. but it's really just a straight shot here. You're not going through like, you're not going through any real crazy passes except in Idaho. Um, so it's, it's a pretty easy drive as far as drives across the country go. And it's beautiful. So. Yeah. How did you guys get there? What was, uh, you, you went down through Boise or. Yep, I-84 all the way down, and then through Salt Lake City, across the mountains, and then I'm here. And um, if you want to if you want to split it into two days, I would do Park City your first day. It's still going to be a long drive, but that's a great spot to wake up in. Park City's gorgeous. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Sounds incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's good to be, it's funny because it's like, I was laughing because Sarah, because we were in, in, in Austin, and I was like, you know, I was like, Dan's only like 10 hours that way. <laughs> It's yep. really easy to get to it. Um, maybe a little more than ten hours, but still, uh, it was. It was. It's. It's fun to kind of get into the desert in the uh, in the winter. I mean, I, I. I'm with you. I mean, I, as you know, I did some time in in Roswell, New Mexico, and it's like you wake up and it's like freezing, and you get up by the, by, by noon, it's eighty, and you're like, where in the hell am I? Like, what surface <laughs> of the sun am I at here? So, yeah. Sounds did you incredible. do anything in Austin downtown? You know, we didn't. We actually, I mean, we, we, we literally grabbed, the first time we were to grab food in Austin was uh, Sunday night when we came back. We just went down and found these, actually not food trucks, they were food trailers. Um, but, uh, you know, we, of course, did the, 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 the typical Raisin Canes and stuff like that, quick food. We ate most of the track, which I would suggest eating before you get to the track for, for obvious reasons of the cost. The food is incredible, but um, it uh, it tends to be a little uh, costly if you're, if you're eating there. But... Um, the, you know, like when we were in Austin, we went and found uh, one of the, the guys that was with us um, had been there before and found this awesome, uh, as much as it is, it was a vegan food truck, but it was, I mean, it had like really good nachos. Um, you had to eat them fast because uh, all the, you know, the plants were trying to eat through everything else, but um, it was good. It was good food. 
Um, but, uh, you know, the whole, I mean, the whole state smells like barbecue. Uh, you really can't get a bad meal there. Um, you know, you can obviously overspice yourself, but it was, uh, it was incredible, uh, the food wise. And I mean, like I said, mine is the only, the only downside was the, the traffic getting in and out of, out of Coda. But, um, other than that, it was incredible. The city's laid out. Well, it's really pretty. I've talked to a bunch of people that were there and did a bunch there's, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of river tours that they do there. And there's a bunch of, there's a big bat community that you can go see, but, the food, I mean, there was, there was food everywhere. I mean, there was just all these really cool little side, you know, food trucks and things like that were, that were serving very authentic Mexican food and very authentic, you know, barbecue and things like that. So it, uh, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. I've, I've always loved yeah. the food in Austin, but yeah, it's, that's, uh, I can imagine at the track, it's like Disneyland. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, to give you a, a thing, we were looking at some hats there. I mean, a Mercedes hat, and it was like ninety bucks for a hat. Oh. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and it's you know, it's a very nice hat, but you're going, okay, wait a minute. But, and you know, if anybody ever wants to go, uh, reach out to me. We've got, I've got some ideas as far as where to park, how to get in there. We, you know, we found this really cool little, you know, basically everything around Coda is farmland. And these farmers take advantage of it in the fact that they all let you park there. And they, they, it's pretty reasonable. I mean, some of them even have food trucks on the site. Um, we, we ate, we, where we parked actually had a food truck we ate at several times outside of Coda. And it was so good. It was just such a good, hearty meal. And we enjoyed it a lot. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. I've never had a bad meal in Austin. So. It's t- I mean, like I said, minus the getting in and out of there, you know, which I think they, they need to figure out sooner than later. Um, it, it was a lot of fun um, because, you know, what you don't realize is, you know, you can walk around the outside of the track, but there's tons of stuff on the inside of the track. Um, they, we didn't, we weren't able to do it when we were there because they were using it for parking, but actually your brother came up with the idea. It was a uh, Dakota track. There's a go-karting track there, which is almost a, a pretty complete, uh, uh, same loop as the actual track uh it's a lot of fun um but it's there's a lot of fun stuff to do there i mean and truthfully if you take a family there's you know there's a full fair that goes on that you know you got rides and all kinds of fun stuff when you're there and i mean if you can get tickets in a grandstand it's great they're not expensive they're all around the track um like i said there's really not a bad place to sit uh especially you know looking at you know any any turn is great i think turn one and turn two are the best but that's just my opinion so <laughs> yeah. Well, it's on my bucket uh, I mean, list. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny because we're walking around and walk, we were walking by this this people that were camping, and you know there was some some jaggedy stuff camping there. But you know you got you got a nice motorhome and there's a McLaren sitting next to it and a Ferrari sitting next to it, and they didn't leave all weekend. But it's like people are car people are there. They're they're there to to see this whole thing. They're really there to enjoy it. Um, and it's a it, it you can't get more America than this track. I mean, it's red, white, and blue everywhere. So nice yeah yeah so, no yeah, it was a lot of fun i have not seen an even remotely exotic car here not even a little bit like, like yeah. i i'm trying to think if i've even seen a sports car since i've been here it's hilarious uh last time i was here i did see like i drove not the last time i was here but uh i was driving the gtr at one point and one of the guys in town also had a gtr but that's about as nice as it got here but you see the uh the hundred plus thousand dollar off-roaders everywhere, which is fun, but it's totally different. <laughs> yeah. All, those people, those people have the sports cars. They're just in their garage when they put, they take their Jeep out. So. Yeah. The trucks I've seen pulling yeah. trailers. I saw three Raptors today pulling uh, okay. side by sides. 
Like, so they brought their Raptors, but they didn't, you could tell, like, they didn't bring their Raptors here to off-road them. They were bringing the side-by-sides and, like, really built. It was fun. So, I, wow. more and more, I was down here, I was like, man, I want a side-by-side. That's really, like, it used to be the Jeeps were king down here, but you really see the advantage of a really built side-by-side. And, man, you start looking, though. I was like, I'm going to look online for fun. Now, the minimum bar of entry is 30000 and then you're probably another ten grand in mods. It's not a cheap hobby to off-road here. <laughs> I, I, I watch a, a YouTube channel. I forgot the name of it now because he's got these bright yellow rescue vehicles, but he's always out there rescuing people that have rolled those things or broken them or driven off, driven off a small cliff that they didn't see coming, things like that. So oh, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. So. That's easy to do here, as odd as it sounds. Like, I'm surprised more people don't drive off cliffs because that's that's a real thing here. We actually went out to Thelma and Louise Point where they filmed the scene where they fall, they jump off the cliff. Yeah, yeah. that's no joke. Like, you <laughs> you could literally really drive off the side of a cliff. It's not like 50 feet down. It's like 500. <laughs> wow. It's like there's one photo, yeah. and I kept getting yelled at because I was like six feet from the edge of this cliff and i'm like six feet is doesn't it seems like a lot so you're up next to it six feet and then it's 500 feet down <laughs> yeah it's that first six feet that'll kill you though so yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow sounds amazing sounds absolutely amazing uh well i'm gonna have to plan a trip and get down there i think it'd be a lot of fun uh you know maybe even take the subaru down there and see how she does it, it would be fine. Yeah. That's that's the thing is like uh, I I can't overstress enough the need to air down just for comfort. Like uh, these these roads. It's funny as you when you're sitting up on top of Canyonlands, you can see people driving around below, and looking top down, you're like, well, that road looks pretty smooth. Like it looks just like a gravel road. And you get down there, and it's like you know these. It rained. It rained here one night so hard, um that it, it flooded it it stormed it, it blew down a massive sign in town like it crazy wind crazy rain like it power washed the truck with the rain and uh it basically reformed all the roads down below you don't think about it but flash flooding in the desert changes roads instantly so like we yeah. we went up we did this hike and on the way up we had to like cross streams and jump across and find different ways and on our way back it had drained so fast that we were just, just walking down the trail but the washouts wow. you get on the road, how much impact the water has on a place that gets it, you know, once every month uh, is, is huge. <laughs> and so, like, driving up uh, Schaefer Trail, there was these washouts that you could tell were, like, a little tiny ditch before, and now they were a foot deep. And so they repair them, but it's it's pretty amazing to watch it change so quickly, and it was a ton of fun. It was cool. Like, I, li- I liked the added aspect of the water because there's – we're doing a trail tomorrow, actually, that's got, um, I want to say, 18 water crossings. And it's still open. I checked in town, and they were like, yeah, it's fine. It's just, you know, you'll be fine in your Raptor. So it's like, all right. Sure. Well, I mean, and that's and that's, and that's that's the thing you got to think about, too, and the fact that these flash floods come through. you got to really be careful because uh, they can seal those canyons pretty quickly. Yeah, these parks here, you don't have to worry about it, like, sweeping you away and, sweeping you away and drowning you. But places like Zion, and uh, Zion especially, can be really dangerous uh, when it rains. So, tough. Yeah. it's tough because this time of year is the best time to hike because you're not roasting in a 90-degree heat in the middle of the day. But it also, like, you know, you get that pretty – it's relatively predictable, actually. They usually are really good at predicting, hey, it's going to rain. And, like, any rain at all, you're like, no, I'm not going to hike, the, you know, the Narrows or a Canyon hike. But – Heavy rain's pretty cool. I wish I was out there, honestly. I wish I was out driving around when it was raining like that. It would have been cool to see. 
So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just watch the watch the water drain off and go into the culverts and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, when, when do you guys when do you guys head home? Uh, I'll be home Sunday night, a very very late, probably midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and then I'll, I'll take Monday off, and then um, I'll so I'll officially be back Tuesday. Although we will still record for you all Monday night. So. Yes, we'll be there. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. That's great. Um, well, uh, what, let's think. What do we got coming up with uh, with uh, Avant? I mean, November is kind of a big month for them. Yeah, I know we've got off. Yeah, holy crap. Uh, oh, the Avant at Dirtfish Rally School. That's the Thursday, the fourth. That's going to be a big deal. The rare discount. I think they have one or two spots open. I think one or two. And then on November sixth, they've got Gas and Guns out of Security Gun Club in uh, Woodenville. Um, they've got the what is the Northwest idea house tour and drive that'll be really on november 7th uh it's a uh sunday november 7th uh, for a beautiful fall drive through woodenville duval carnation and redmond with the unique stops along the way any at an exclusive home tour which will be a lot of fun and then uh the infamous november 11th through the 14th is the seattle international auto show it's back um you know get down and see some of those models you've been drooling over over the internet i guess um <laughs> And get a chance to look at them and send them. And then, uh, as always, the third Sunday of every mo- uh, every month is going to be the Avance Off Road Day, November twentieth, uh, out at the, the back lot at Dirtfish. Yep. Um, I wanted to bring up this is all the way in December. Uh, we will see you guys the twentieth. Remember, spectators are welcome. But uh, Avance Ladies Night is coming up December second, six thirty to eight thirty p.m. Uh, that's a group two. You guys, ladies, should definitely go check that out. Like that's good company, good people. If you are interested in cars at all, you're, like just go out and check that out. Doesn't matter what level you're at, this is the right group for you. <laughs> These are good people, so highly encourage our lady listeners to go check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of a fun recap. Dan will definitely be back on Monday. We'll get another recording done, but uh, we thought we'd update you on all of our fun automotive travels. Uh, but uh, anything else you need to talk about today, Dan? Nope, I'm going to sit here and finish my uh, High West, which is a Utah distilled bourbon that I'm going to check out. By the way, liquor is like 30% off here everywhere because no state liquor tax. <laughs> so, even, be- even better reason to go. Excellent. Yep. There's not All much right. selection. Bring your own wine. And beer at the bars, I think, is still like 3 to 5%. So BYOB, oh, except right. in the hard liquor. Still Utah. Yeah. Yeah, and state liquor. So you, the, like, the liquor store is only open from 12 to 6 here. Um, and they, you can't get wine except at a liquor store and they have a terrible selection in Moab. If you're a wine drinker, by the way, there's great stuff outside Salt Lake city and outside, but uh, yeah, you don't want to buy wine in Moab, hard liquor. No problem. (laughs) Good to know. I mean, those are good to know. All right. I don't think it's the tip of the week, but it should be. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Bring your own booze to Moab. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, for this episode of rain city supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars.